This is Coffee and Camino and I'm Luke Mills. Good morning everybody to another episode of Coffee and Camino. My name is Luke Mills and I am here today with Margaret and Bernie Cronin and we are here to talk about all things Camino. It is an absolutely beautiful day here in Melbourne uh, in early January and we are at the Fitzroy Gardens which is in East Melbourne. Now it's a really uh, beautiful uh, and idyllic setting today here. The sun is out, it's going to be a beautiful warm balmy day. The Fitzroy Gardens are in East Melbourne, it's bound by, we've got the MCG at one end of the um, park, we have the St Patrick's and the Mary MacKillop Centre at the other end of the park, the city. Um, on the western side and um, it's it's a very famous landmark that a lot of uh, Melbourne uh, and uh, people know about and that they come and enjoy and in, in fact visitors as well. So I do have to say welcome Margaret and Thank Benny. you. Thank you. Liz. Pleasure to be here. And I always like to ask um, so why this particular location to start off with because I always say I always like to meet the pilgrims at a particular place um, that that might have some sort of significance. So is there any particular reason why you chose this place today? Well, probably convenience, uh, given that it's <laughs> close by to both of us. We love the gardens, mm. and it's such a beautiful summery day here in Melbourne. Everything's in bloom, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. I suppose symbolically, we're a stone's throw from the Mary MacKillop mm. uh, Centre, which mm. is, um, as we'll talk about, uh, was the starting place for my recent Aussie yeah. Camino. Oh, good. Um, so that was um, uh, fortuitous to, to be here on such a nice day and meet you, Luke. Oh, good. It was certainly convenient for me, because <laughs> not very far down the down the road. Now, we're here today to talk about um, some of the uh, Caminos that Bernie and uh, Margaret have done, and, and we've just had a bit of a chat, and Bernie said, well, some of them I've done uh, on my own, and some of them I've done with friends, and um, of course with uh, with Margaret, um, but I just want to, I always like to go back to the very beginning, and when you first heard about this thing called a Camino, what was it about it that caught your attention and maybe even pricked your curiosity to actually go? Can you remember when you actually very first heard about the Camino? Yes, well, I, I first heard about it um, oh, probably back in the year 2013 when mm -hmm. we were embarking on this on the 110 kilometres of the St James Camino and immediately I just I was intrigued by it um, and we travelled a lot overseas and yeah. um, I was impressed by I, I guess we saw we saw the movie of the way we saw um, we also knew people who'd been on the Camino read about it a lot yeah. of reading Bernie being a walker more of a walker than me had done a lot of reading about it and I just, to me, it just drew me. Yeah. It just drew me, and I thought, I have to try this, and uh, yeah. yeah. It's such a cliche to say, I saw the way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> but I'd have to say, too, after 
only hearing about the Camino um, back in the 90s, it didn't, I mean, I suppose really before internet information was about, um, I, and having a few people talk about it, it was the first time that I actually had sort of seen the the trip come to life, so to speak. Mm. And for me, it was like everything that I imagined it was going to be. So yes. it was really, it's such a good movie. I mean, it really, I'm, I'm sure thousands upon thousands of people have, who would drawn by the same thing. And what about you, Bernie? You well, look, I think it's also just straight-out opportunity. So I was in uh, full-time employment, working 60, 70 hours a week up until um, 2000, end of 2012, early 2013. You're busy with your family life, with teenagers, with everything else. So never really... We had done lots of travelling, mainly in Australia, but um, to set aside a decent slab of time um, to go overseas to see friends was something that uh, really came to us. I was semi-retired because I was working part-time. Um, but uh, look, I think uh, I'm just grateful that uh, I was then and still am fit. That's the first thing, fit and healthy. Uh, could afford it. Um, and uh, had the time. Had the time, yeah. So it all just came together then, and not just then, it's been together for... We've had a decade of, of this... So yeah. very grateful to be able to. Yeah, you know, we could do, have done it earlier in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, you do. Oh, look, I am still working, and yeah. I, you know, trying to squeeze in my next Camino is yeah. really hard. I mean, yeah. it's one. It's not something that you can do at the weekend. You know, <laughs> not like no. Bernie who does. He enjoys his sailing um, at the boat club, at the yacht club. You know, uh, which you can do at the weekend and then come home. You really do have to devote a fairly big chunk of time, Absolutely. which is which is nice in a way because. Because it means it's a significant experience for you but yeah it does it's not look and it's not that costly I must admit mm. as far as overseas travel is because I suppose the cost of it is the time away from work mm. um, and the fact that it's an international trip but I found that it um, and we stayed a pretty good accommodation on the on the Camino Frances. Um, it was reasonably cheap to do it, but it is a, a long time out of your schedule. Um, and yeah, you do need the time, the money, and the fitness too. So yeah, that, yeah. It's a lot of preparation. There was, mm. a, I found there was a lot of preparation for this. I was, I had the the great teacher here. <laughs> oh, good. So, could, is it fair to say, Margaret, that you were the sort of the I wouldn't say the reluctant partner, but you were the uh, you needed a bit of mentoring along the way. Look, I. I was really drawn to it. I was really, re as I said, something just drew me when I read about it and when Bernie spoke about it so passionately. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, I'm thinking, well, I've got my parents back here. There's only me, three beautiful children that took over their care. I thought this is just an opportunity that we have to yeah. we have to take. And I just wow. Which is the most incredible experience of my life. Yeah, yeah. That five days. And that was the five, five days. days. Now, I've got it here. That was in 2013. Yes. Bernie and Margaret walked uh, from Saria, which is... Uh, what time of the year was that, by the way? Uh, that was May. May. Oh, what a beautiful yeah, time of the year. Yeah. And was it busy? Uh, the As last section was yeah. very busy. Yeah, yeah. As you got closer to it. There was only one night where we uh, missed out on accommodation and... Sorry, missed out on our preferred spot. Yeah. Oh, sorry, there were two nights. But typically, uh, the Spanish host uh, had a cousin that had a place. And, <laughs> and the next and town sent, and drove sent a, <laughs> sent a car and picked us up. Oh. And, uh, a whole lot and, of us. 
and some delightful Irish people. Uh, so even though we missed out because of the busyness, yeah. we were looked after. We didn't uh, miss out. So. It's just showed you another highlight yeah, of the Camino. Yeah, well, when I always think whenever something goes wrong, it's an adventure. Oh, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> and it shows you another point, another positive side of, of what the Camino is all about. Yeah, and so. they, the, the Spanish have a, a tremendous sense of hospitality. Oh, um, and I, I, I'll, I'll just digress for a minute, but we had, um, when I, at the, begin, at the end of um, my Camino last time, was it was in, was in 2000, very early 2019, you know, this is pre-COVID times when we were actually allowed to travel. We ended up having to go. We were back in Madrid, and we had uh, um, a uh, we had a, a meeting at a restaurant, if you like. A meeting. We we met up with a friend. Now he's a Spanish friend. He's actually Basque, um, but he now lives in Madrid. And we talked about this idea. I said it's really strange because you in Spain you never pay for anything first. Where you, everything's done at the end, that's and that's right. that's it doesn't right. matter whether you're in a bar, <laughs> exactly. a restaurant, or a cafe. Everything. For, and but I said, you know, in Australia, and he knew because he'd been to Australia and he'd lived here for a while. He said yes, because sometimes if you're at a pub, you pay for your drinks first, but yes. then you don't pay for your meals. But yes. then some cafes order yes. want money first, and then some cafes are quite happy to take the money later and it really depends on where you are and I said and he said no in Spain never he said because we it, it is the hosts obligation if you like to show some hospitality and 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 the guest okay is uh, will only pay if he thinks he's had good service well that's the oh, that's the notion yes. so we, and we don't talk about money here <laughs> we you know so we don't talk about money we provide the service and Absolutely. then we'll do, we'll do the yes. business later and that's I've found that that they take that that sort of um, I suppose that spirit yes. into them is that we'll f fix you up first Yes. Yeah. And then we'll worry later. Oh, they do. Yeah. And uh, they have a great sense of spite. And I think in a way that the Camino really survives because of the Spanish, mm. in a way. I think so. Um, because of the way that they embrace it. Because the Camino, as you, well, you've walked in France. And, yes. um, and you're going to walk in um, in Italy very soon. Mm -hmm. But they, they have a different thing, but uh, a way of doing it. But I think it thrives and prospers. It really does because of the hospitality shown by the by the Spanish people. Yes, of course. Yeah, of yeah. Of course, because yeah. people, people take embark on this Camino, particularly the St James, very reluctantly for all and for, for different reasons as you know people who are going out of grief out of loss mm. out of searching mm. out of for all sorts of reasons it's a big step mm. particularly on your own I mean I had my partner my husband to go yeah. with but but they do and it could be a very lonely and daunting experience yeah. but the Spanish they embrace it yeah I might add to that Luke because um, just thinking uh about the hospitaleros and the hospitaleras. Yeah. So walking across the Norte, yeah. where we're mainly in the municipal albergues, but um, every now and then you came across uh, a Donativo mm -hmm. run by the Association of St James. Mm -hmm. And there you had international people mm -hmm. who had volunteered to spend typically a fortnight mm -hmm. looking after. And I tell you what, that Spanish spirit of hospitality, mm -hmm. it's just conveyed through because the hospitaleros and hospitalero, they came from the US and mm -hmm. the UK mm -hmm. all over. And they absolutely, look, when you came in through the door dripping wet, you know, tired, muddy, um, 
the first thing they did was look after you, mm. make sure you're comfortable, make sure you got a hot drink. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. So that that conveyance of the spirit to me is is uh, sort of the next level down. It's so deep, and uh, you know we're, we imbibe the spirit of that hospitality, and then and then one starts to feel like passing it on to other fellow pilgrims. Yeah, and it really does draw on, I suppose, the ancient uh, the ancient tradition, which is is that you know it's been going for a thousand years, and where people were a lot less uh, equipped than they are now, and. Um, even though it's now we are now in the modern pilgrimage age, um, you know there's probably 900 years, if you like, of of ancient pilgrimage where you only really survived mm, yes. by the hospitality that, yeah, you, that course, you had along course, the way, yes. and the the infrastructure was built along the way in order to accommodate for that. And if you didn't, if you couldn't stay somewhere, well, you you know there's a great chance that you'd perish along the way Absolutely. not just as have many a did. As, as many, many did, did yeah well I, you know I've talked a little <laughs> about this before but you know uh, I know in ancient times they uh, you had three ways of pardoning your sins and one was going to jail one was going to uh, war as like crusades and one was going on Camino, <laughs> and uh, some and some people. Oh, the, the, this romantic image sort of <laughs> is thrown. Oh, I'll take the Camino any day. <laughs> oh, <a little> different <laughs> How, however, when you think about it, there was probably when you equate it was the the, the same sort of punishment as the other two. <laughs> maybe it wasn't such an attractive idea, and it, it be because it, you were literally. I mean, going from town to town Absolutely. was dangerous. Yes, um, and the the you could be out there for months at a time in driving rain in searing heat um, uh, there's any number of dangers the idea that you had to walk to Santiago and come Come back back. that's you know you might have come from Germany or from the Netherlands or from Poland or you could have come way across from somewhere else Uh, and the idea of going on Camino coming back wasn't necessarily a, a holiday so it, um, <laughs> yes, it, it wasn't the soft option, I don't think. <laughs> um, okay, so now I'm just moving on a little bit here because uh, Bernie has really done some quite fantastic things. And after wetting the appetite in 2013, he, he took on a bit more of a challenge. In 2018, he did the Camino Norte, Del Norte, with some friends. So tell us a bit about that, Bernie. Well, um I did the Del Norte with two friends, Stephen from home here in uh, Essendon and Andrew from the UK. And uh, we did it again May, so I left Melbourne late April. And uh, we started from Irun and walked across to Santiago and then out to Finisterra. So with a few deviations, we all up walked close enough to 1,000 k. The Del Norte goes right across the northern coast of Spain, mm-hmm. and wherever possible, we took took the deviations that took us to the coast, along the yeah, cliff tops, okay. down onto the beaches. Yeah, um, it was challenging uh, yeah. the first week in particular because you you're just off the plane, yeah. um, so your legs aren't uh, aren't mobile yet. Yeah. So the walk from Irún um, through to uh, Bilbao, um, it's quite high. The mountains are like 800 to 1,000 thousand metres ascents. Mm. Um, it was wet, we had heavy rain the first week, so you're in in uh, rain, mud, like heavy, heavy mud, and we did quite long days. Um, so um, 
that was a good good, good starter. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we walked through the Basque country, which mm. I'll come back to. That was in some ways a highlight. Yeah. Then across through um, Cantabria, which was flatter along the coast, down to some delightful fishing villages. Yeah. Uh, Asturias with all that magnificent architecture from, from the era of the Christian kings of Asturias. Yeah. And then into uh, Galicia. So a lot of a lot of pilgrims get to Gijon, I think it is, yes. where you can um, deviate then on the Primitivo yes. and go straight up into the mountains. We kept going along the Norte, along the north coast to, I think it was Ribadella. Yeah. Uh, and then from there up through the mountains to Santiago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just a little bit further away. Is that part of the Inglés? I'm not sure. No, no, the Inglés is that's uh, further around. North. Yeah. Yes, further around, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, sensational trip. Um, it was physically demanding. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's easy. Now, we did it as pilgrims. We stayed in the Obligés, carried yeah. packs. I was carrying probably about 10 kilograms mm-hmm. um, and um, we mainly stayed in the in the municipal albergues um, which were um, basically just big sheds with bunks but you know okay. when you're paying four euro a night you don't complain too much yeah um, the private albergues were excellent they were probably about 10 euro a night and you'd be in rooms of say six eight or something yeah um, and then occasionally, as I said, in the uh, Donativos run by the association, I think probably the most memorable nights were when we stayed in some of the ancient monasteries. Oh, now, terrific. Now, the history of Spain is such that there's ruined monasteries everywhere, yeah. but because of what happened, um, particularly um, during the Franco era, mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of them are functioning, but some of them still do. Yeah. And uh, staying in those, it wasn't just a place to stay. Yeah. You know, these sort of um, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth, t- tenth century buildings, you know, where the, the devotion of thousands of years mm. of people living, praying, caring, mm it's just absorbed into the stones and you just have this incredible sense of the antiquity mm. of what this is about mm. when, you, when you, you get to stay in one of these old monasteries you know they're, they're pretty rough they're not necessarily uh, mm. uh, comfortable but there's just a different ambience a different sense yeah. a different feeling and uh, you know if you go with an open mind you can you can uh, you can experience and value these things if you go with a closed mind you might come away being cynical about, you know, yeah. the history of the Catholic Church in Spain. But, you know, if you go with an open mind, yeah. you could just have these experiences. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they, I mean, there are some orders there that have devoted their whole life, Absolutely. these monasteries, to this. Yes. I mean, and, we, you know, we do it as a holiday. <laughs> um, and they have devoted their whole lives to supporting... The, the Camino and and as I said for 900 years they they have, or for many hundreds of years at least these orders have maintained that uh, these the monasteries in order so that people can continue to do so and it's you know that's an overwhelm that's quite a humbling ex, uh, yeah, experience to to, to 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 imagine that or to, to to certainly um, appreciate that, and to enjoy the hospitality that they Absolutely. that they that they share with you. So it, it is. I I didn't stay in any of the monasteries, but I did stay. Uh, we did on the Francis. There were some um, uh, orders there, and I'm just trying to think. Up in the mountains, there there was where we went to some um, uh, late night masses and things like that, which were quite nice. But um, yeah, it is. I, in uh, some of them are seasonal too. I know yes. the monasteries are, are seasonal, so 
they only open in the height of the season. So I do want to ask two things. How, how busy was it at that time of the year and how well supported did you find the Comedo del Norte? Okay, well, firstly, it's nowhere near as busy as the more popular Francis. So I think the statistics are that only something like 10% of all pilgrims will do the Norte because it's tougher. Um, and the infrastructure is not as well developed. So that's the first thing. Secondly, it wasn't busy because um, the busy time over there is June, July, August. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were people there from all over Europe, in particular in Asia, um, not many Americans, um, and a few Irish, and we didn't strike too many Australians. One Australian family is, is all I can remember. So uh, it just wasn't, wasn't too busy. Mm. Now, the thing is, some days you do end up walking long days because yeah. the infrastructure is just not as developed. Um, and some days you seem to go for a long time before you get something to eat or drink. Right. For example, I remember one place, um, you always, you're on the road by seven o'clock in the morning yeah. and this albergue had, did not have breakfast. Mm. Well, the whole little village was completely shut. Mm. And uh, typically... You know, They're not early rises. Nothing opens no. up until 10 or 11 no, o'clock. No, and I remember we'd walked half a day's Camino yeah. before we got a coffee and a crust. Yeah, 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 right. so, so you tend to have to, uh, what's the word, be a little uh, versatile. Yeah. Um, now, uh, every time you bought a packet of biscuits, uh, that last, you know, three or four biscuits, even if they were crushed, <laughs> that stayed in the bag because <laughs> many a time yeah. we're delving into a yeah. bag to find yeah. the last few crushed biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not quite as bad as that. Um, yeah. You uh, you just think ahead, like sometimes we, we'd walk past a shop, uh, grab a couple of pieces of fruit, a couple of presents, uh, uh, stick it in the bag. Um, so there were plenty of times where we had um, a bite to eat in the bush, uh, as opposed to in a cafe on the on yeah. the Francis and the Portuguese in particular. Yeah. You know, like you're just going from cafe to cafe. cafe. Portuguese is just such a wonderful social, oh, okay. delightful experience. But yeah. but the Norte to me is a bit more like an Australian bushwalk. Okay, be well prepared. You're going to do some long days. Yeah, I think we average 26k a day. Oh, okay, that's a lot. Yeah, um, but some of the days, um, you know, we did a few that were you know, high 30s, just mm-hmm. to get from A to B, because you're crossing mountains. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about the Norte, yeah. it's not flat. So you're constantly going up or you're going down. Yeah. And then there's some very big river valleys flow into the Atlantic on the okay. North Coast. So, yeah. And then the villages are often just little in little keys, little, a bit like the... So you've um, got to walk down into you them. walk right down into them. them. Yep. And you can put the feet up and, and yeah. have some, you know, the food was always delightful. Yeah. And then you walk back up, back up out and uh, across a ridge and then down another one. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it was uh, challenging, which I liked uh, yeah. in that respect. Well, it sounds like you chose the right one um, to do with friends. Yes. Um, and we were talking earlier on uh, before the recording about the different types of experiences that you can have um, on the Camino with a different mm-hmm. company and you've walked with um, with your wife Margaret this time with some friends um, and of course there's it, always the opportunity of going alone which yes. many many people um, do it's probably some would say, to a certain extent, the most authentic experience is going by your own, and you meet plenty of people that do. So, how how did it compare to from going with friends uh, as distinct from your first Camino with Margaret? Well, I think it's 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 both because it's not like you're constantly shackled with people. Mm. So, 
even with friends, you do walk, walk at slightly different paces. Mm -hmm. So you might be hours on your own anyway. Mm. So um, particularly when you're doing one of these long ones, like we did that whole thing in about 37, 30, 39 days. So, but in a long walk, after about two weeks, you, you've freed up your mind, you've mm. discarded all of those random kind of attachments that <laughs> tend to cling onto your mind, you know. Mm. And you spend often hours, especially I remember walking up through the hills, mm. um, that sometimes you can't see the other guys. Mm. You know they're there behind you or in front of you, um, but you, you have that solitude mm. if you want it. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, there's great enjoyment comes from sharing things as well, you know, because at the end of the day, you're having a beer, you're, you're having a chat, uh, and then by then, probably each of us has formed a bit of an association, possibly with another pilgrim or two, yeah. uh, and so then you've got these new friends, uh, and then there's introductions all around. So, look, to me, I know it's very strong as a personal um, challenge, a personal experience of renewal for many people and that is a key part of it but I think it's equally uh, an experience of humanity mm. you know mm. like mm. for a lot of people mm. if I can put it this way a lot of people I remember at the end of the Del Norte speaking quietly to people around some people had a real sense of disappointment that they hadn't experienced the sudden light mm. you know the epiphany Often people who had some deep-seated mm -hmm. um, problems in their or, mm -hmm. or challenges in the mm -hmm. background hadn't had what they thought was just like a spiritual cure or something, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And and thought, well, maybe their expectations were just a little too high, <laughs> like that if you mm -hmm. spend all this time in solitude, that something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on how you wired yourself. So. Mm -hmm. I like the individual and I certainly don't mind being on my own, but the social is just brilliant. Mm. But what really stands out to me from the Camino mm. is this experience of humanity, you know. It is so humbling because all that counts is putting one foot in front <laughs> yeah, of the that's other. That's all you have to worry about. Now, I've done a lot of high altitude treks as well, and I can tell you that if you're going up to Everest Base Camp, you know, it's good to get on well with people and it's good to be well prepared, but in the end, it's getting one foot in mm. front of the other mm. and then helping a mate a bit over something and then mm. they'll help you. Mm. It is so humbling mm. um, that that's exactly what counts. Mm. And then the sharing of it. So you mm. can have a chat, and a, even though we didn't have the language, I remember mm. that the, there was a lot of Germans on this particular oh, okay. And you'd always, they had better English than we had German, right? Mm. So you'd always find something to talk about. Let me give you an example. One day on the Northern, halfway across, freezing cold, raining, misty morning, it's just slowly getting light. And I look beyond, we're spread out because we're cold, we're shivering, you know, and we're not talking, you know, because you're just concentrating <laughs> you're all, all on moving, you know. Yes. <laughs> I look behind and in the mist, I see this figure coming up, yeah. you know, over the sort of the rise, just this figure coming up out of the mist. And I thought, I'll just wait and see who that is. So I stand there and up comes this Spanish gentleman. It was a lovely fellow named Javier. Yeah. And we spent the next three days walking together because Javier was such a delightful man. And I was so intrigued by the history of Spain, mm -hmm. and particularly its modern history and what's going on in mm -hmm. society and, uh, you know, how people feel and, you know. Uh, and he spent three days just talking to me freely about mm -hmm. 
you know, Spanish life, his, you know, how he felt about it, his experiences and so forth. Mm. We stayed in a few albergues together. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, if I just walked on my own and not mm. stopped, mm. I would not have had that experience. Mm. Uh, similarly, I remember walking with a Japanese chap, mm. you know, a Korean guy and all these, you know. They, mm. it's, it's not just, you know, um, European Christian people that are walking no. this. No, um, not at all. Not it, not. It's just this wonderful sense of humanity. Uh, as I said, you can get your solitude when you want to. Mm, yeah. That's a, that's a beauty, and I've, I've made this observation before. It's a shared uh, yes. experience, but it's a solitary mm, one as yes. well. You yes. have enough time on your own, Absolutely. Mm. and you can have more if you like, and you can be with somebody all the time if you don't. And, um, it's, and even when we were together, that was that was the same thing. Yep. Sometimes Bernie would walk off, or I'd slow it out, whatever, and you just yep. have that that moment yeah. and it was and it felt different mm. I mean it was a wonderful thing to share a yeah. wonderful experience mm. to share mm. but also that solitude was mm. you just it, it, it's so hard to put into words yeah it is and that's why so it's very hard and that's why it's nice to go either on a quieter Camino or at mm. a quieter time of the year it's it's really if you, have that, yes. you really do have that time uh, alone and um, well I must ask you also um, Bernie because you actually have a you said you have a you have a great sense of humanity and that re has really tied in a lot with your professional life and your life in your retirement age can I call it retirement yes <laughs> oh. Margaret can I call it, call no. it no no it's not retirement he, he never will so and it's wonderful Bernie chairs the um, Catholic social, social services um, board here he's on the board here which is uh, well I'll let Bernie explain a little bit about it but um, it has tied in well with his professional life and now in into his retirement he's um, working for the um, Catholic Social Services. So just tell us a little bit about that. Bert. Well, Catholic Social Services Victoria is a peak body representing uh, the church's welfare organisations. So um, 44 member organisations, oh, wow. um, about 17,000 volunteers and about 7,500 staff across a broad range of agencies. So these are across from agencies that are providing shelter for women fleeing domestic violence, um, people working in the juvenile justice mm. uh, sphere, mm -hmm. providing alternatives for young people coming out of um, youth detention, uh, people working in homelessness. Uh, some of the household names are St Vincent de Paul, Sacred Heart Mission, um, Jesuit Social Services. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a host of large and small, all united by one thing, and that is the mission. Mm -hmm. So the mission of the organisation is to work for a more just and compassionate and yeah. equitable society. And essentially, it's all in what these organisations do. So every year, there's some 200,000 Victorians are assisted by these agencies. And in some sectors of the community, the, the welfare agencies mm -hmm. are, are the dominant sector in... in oh, yeah, I mean, and there's, there's, no, there's no government sector. Correct. Or, yeah. well, well, the non-government sector, of which, of which church-based agencies are part of, yeah. does things that government can't do. Mm. Um, or doesn't want to do. And not only that, the motivations that people bring, and, I'm, and I've worked in the public sector all my life, so I'm not denigrating that at all, but, you know, the dedication that comes um, to um, people working for homelessness agencies, for, you know, non-government, big non-government agencies like Launch, who our son works for, uh, or, you know, slightly smaller ones like Sacred Heart Mission. Mm -hmm. And they're able to be innovative because they're not necessarily, you know, pinned down, you know, by a particular government's um, um, policies of the day. Yep. 
so um, I'm really proud of what those agencies do and it's all about them as opposed to us. So we exist to, to do research and advocacy uh, and to look after the development of members. Mm -hmm. We're very small, very small secretariat. Mm -hmm. um, and supported by the Archdiocese and the and the three regional dioceses of uh, Victoria, yep. as well as by the members. Mm -hmm. um, been been around for. Uh uh, I think about 25 years or so. Okay, done. so it's an umbrella agency. It's an umbrella uh, agency, yeah. and yes. and uh, I imagine a lobbying sort of governments on on some, on some things for pushes, you know, you know, in um, in certain areas. And and I, it's interesting because you know we're in a we're in a pandemic at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting if we go back a hundred years when we had the Spanish flu here, um, there was no government response to the pandemic. Yes. So, nil. There is not one bit of the, what the Victorian guard, that's in Victoria at least, any sort of work that was done was done by welfare agencies, mainly church-based mm -hmm. in those days, mm -hmm. of the the Salvos or, or the, the Catholic Church or the other um, churches that, um, at the time. And so we sometimes forget that the welfare agencies, the non-government sector, and mainly church-based welfare agencies have a far longer history Absolutely. and still dominate that sector and um, and do the work that, uh, that, uh, that governments can't do. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's really... And a lot of the time they don't... Um, uh, Sing their own praises very, <laughs> or advertise themselves. They're very a lot of the time very quiet in their in their um, accomplishments and in and in their mission and their work. But it's uh, something that's really really needed in certainly Absolutely. in those sectors. Mm -hmm. And and they really and the good thing about that too is that they were very socially progressive in a lot of ways as well. Um, in terms with the the disenfranchised with mm -hmm. women, with uh, yeah juve, ju juvenile justice and all of these sorts of things. That whereby um, the the church is really uh, been and a leader in, in those sort of advancing the cause for those people. So and through those through those and my experience with Bernie mm -hmm. being involved is that there is the humility there that's mm. not always in our government. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. what's missing. And um, yeah, it's it's just wonderful. And, and I've, it's been a privilege for me to be alongside him as he's worked with these people. Yeah, and these and they, some of the agencies do great do really terrific things and uh, in all parts of the community oh, of and uh, there's still obviously you know more work that needs to be done there um, so um, just getting back to the Camino now we we have uh, I'm just looking through the list here Bernie <laughs> may have done a whole lot of other things uh, have done a whole lot of stuff so in 2019 you did the Portuguese yes we did. and that's together that was together with two with two very close friends and um, they too had just done the the last part of the okay. St James, that was their first experience and was so keen. They so they're a couple? <coughs> a couple, So yes. you've done a number of different experiences. Yes. So, so, uh, so Margaret, tell us about this. So travelling with another couple, tell us how that was. It was just wonderful. This is a, a couple who we met when our children started, our daughter, eldest daughter started school mm -hmm. um, and our children went through the same schools with them and we've been friends ever since. So. They really wanted to, to do another Camino. It, mm -hmm. They got the taste of Soria to mm -hmm. Santiago and decided this is what they wanted to do. So, um, yes, we planned it and, and off we went. So how? why did you choose, if you were the senior partner <laughs> in the decision-making process, uh, 
from where in Portuguese, from Portugal did you start and why did you choose the Portuguese? Uh, well, I don't really know why we chose. I just, I, like all our holidays, he plans, I tell him what I want, add that to what yeah. you want. Bernie, you um, sound a I bit like understand. me. Uh, I love planning. I get oh, out the maps. and I get the else to do at home? I got the guidebook out and I'm plotting things. <laughs> yes. But wh why did you choose the Portuguese? Well, it's it's a bit like um, starting out on the first, uh, the Francis was. I just heard so much about it um, from people that had done it. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's a bit like the other ones we're planning to do in the next year or two. Mm. You hear about it and you think, oh, that's intriguing. Mm. Um, it's a bit like other long-distance treks I've done over the years. You talk to people and you and that's intriguing. I'd like to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the other thing is um, the richness of the Portuguese culture was very attractive. So, so we've been to Spain and travelled a lot in Spain sort of three or four times but had not been to Portugal. So mm -hmm. there was that... that additional allure of uh, travelling in Portugal and uh, mm -hmm. uh, getting close to their culture. Mm -hmm. And was it a, a good was. choice that you oh. did that? Because you said it was very social. It, like, it, it yeah. was. It was It was incredible. And um, it was. It, there were quite a few people walking it. Um, and for me, it was it was great because there, there weren't the big. There was a few hills, but okay. it was it was manageable for all of us. And um, just the same thing as we 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 all felt. And as we talked about it as we went along with our friends, um, the the companionship that they'd experienced, etc., the things that they'd experienced in um, the the previous experience they'd had, uh, we we were experiencing the same things. It was this. This companionship, this meeting up with people from everywhere, from all over the world. There's a oneness. There's a there's a, a coming together. There's there, it, it was and and not to mention the beautiful countryside we were walking through, the beautiful towns we visited. Um, the wonderful, I can't remember the village we went where there was a big festival and you, okay. you were, Lima. that's right. We were just drawn in. You mm. you felt you were welcomed everywhere you mm. went. And this was a little, we went through a lot more villages um, and I was really impressed by at people's gates there was a little, there might be a sign, welcome pilgrims, bowl of fruits, please take, I just was, was blown away, everywhere you went in to get a, a glass of orange juice from a little shop or somewhere. It was like you you were just welcome. Just the, the look on people's mm, face. Mm. You were you were embraced. Mm. You were embraced, and um, I loved that about the first experience I'd had. And I just wanted to experience that again. And I really want. That is why I really want to walk the St James Way. Yes, yes. But um, again, it was the same thing of meeting people from all different mm. countries. There's no barriers. There's no boundaries. Mm. There's no. There's just not. There's there's no. Uh, it, it's extraordinary. It is just very hard to explain. Yeah, it is. It it's is a really it's a really a humbling experience, oh. and it's a, it's a lovely slice of humanity. And I think as Australians, too, I think there's a lot to learn. Uh, I think we like to think of ourselves as being friendly and hospitable, but it really does. Sometimes we don't get the opportunity that we might like uh, uh, to do it, but it's really a real part of their their, their life. And I think there's a tremendous amount that we can really learn about the, oh, the, yes. the really a real great sense of a sense of generosity um, and a tremendous sense of um, 
uh, and charity uh, uh, shown and hospitality shown by people who have especially villages and things like that along the yes. Camino yeah and yeah. people and people don't expect anything in return mm. It, mm. it is this absolute mm. and walking past a vineyard and, the, and the, there will be the owner picking the grapes and he'll and the fruit and uh, <laughs> and that you mentioned walking with friends mm. and I think that experience has really it's it's really enhanced a, a wonderful friendship that was always there mm -hmm. it's an unspoken something between the four of us mm. it's an unspoken it's mm. something we shared very and and what and our friend um, Mario who walked with us and he had a a health issue beforehand mm -hmm. and when he got to Santiago the joy mm -hmm. the, the joy mm -hmm. I'm going to cheer up now but <laughs> the joy that, that we all felt and that he felt as if I've done this mm -hmm. and I didn't think I could yeah. and we shared that with him and uh, it was just wonderful oh that sounds it was terrific. just wonderful yeah. and I do need to ask what time of the year was that as well that is it September. that was September oh that would have been warm then mm. right, yeah. oh, it was very it was hot. quite warm okay okay radio yeah quite hot then okay um, and so, oh that's that's terrific that you've been able to really share that with um, with you know a lot of different groups and things like yes. that and and uh, you know the Camino does lend itself to that very much and um, it, for a variety of experiences for young and for old as well and you do find a lot of young people on the Camino. Yes, and they're wonderful. Mm. We, we met some beautiful young people and again yeah. you met we climbed up to one thing we climbed up to a um a, 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 a what's that a, was that Padron? Yeah mm. what's that? It's a statue to oh, St James. Statue, that's James right. the, the uh, myth is uh, the legend is that his stone boat was brought ashore oh, that's okay. right. Padron yeah. and up yeah. on this peak over the river yeah. there's a big it's quite and a serious climb up to this it is. shrine. And we walked up to the top as, a, as okay. something we wanted to do and go up and And there was one of the young girls that we'd met. Now, these girls you would think wouldn't have a yeah. care in the world. Yeah. She had the tears and so that was a moment. Yeah. And you realise that yeah. people go for different yeah. reasons. Sometimes they speak about it, sometimes they don't. But you, your heart goes out and it draws you. It, it brings you together. You, it's it's a great it's a great experience and for young people um, and I'm talking probably when I say young people I really mean sort of student age yes yeah because um, it's not it's cheap for them and mm. and it's a we don't have that real tradition here in Australia of young people going for walking it does seem to be an oldies sort of thing <laughs> yeah, it does. but not not in Europe it's a it's a really a lot of young people get out mm. because it's simple and it's cheap and it allows you to put your feet up at night and, and have a few beers and it's not going to cost you too no, much. Exactly. So, that, so that's, they, 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 they're uh, certainly uh, embrace the spirit and things like that. So listen, I must ask you now, just moving on, now, um, about uh, a, a song. I asked you to yes. think about a song and that's going to play us out to okay. the break. And um, so what have you chosen for us and why is it most significant for well, you? Well, what I've chosen um, is an oldie. Um, called You'll Never Walk Alone. Ah. Now, I tossed up as to whether I'd suggest Jerry and the Pacemaker's version or Elvis's version. And um, on the Camino, I was very much thinking of the Jerry and the Pacemaker's version, but I'd like you to play the Elvis okay. version of You'll Never Walk Alone because he just gives it such soul. Yeah, was it from a, an album? Was it a... 
that he a particular album that he had or uh, I don't know but it was you it know is. part it's of his, his sacred early music blues, albums. His, his early um, <laughs> religious and blues mm. thing but the reason was heavy on my mind was a young person very close to us who was having serious um, physical and mental problems mm-hmm. and was battling a lot of things and who felt quite alone in that. Now, on this day, I vividly remember it on the Norte, halfway across, um, out on some very rugged cliffs. Um, I believe that these cliffs are the highest in Europe, so there was a very stiff storm flying in off the Atlantic. So it's the sort of day you'd be in shelter not walking, but because you're on a Camino, you just have to keep going to your next <laughs> yeah. Alberga. Yeah. So picture me walking across the cliff, and this is where you are on your own. There's, there's two other guys, but you're on your own. Yeah. You've got all your wet weather gear on. You've got your hood pulled right down over your face, your hat pulled down. You've got your sunglasses on because the horizontal rain, yeah. and it was blowing an absolute gale. There's, there's sea smashing into the cliff. Now, up to my left, you walk along parallel to the Picos de Europa, which is the high mountain range that runs through Cantabria. And there's snow on that. Oh. It's probably four or five degrees, but, you know, the wind chill factor was just cold, blowy, <laughs> but, you know, you keep going. <clears throat> and I thought of the Jerry and the Pacemakers song and instantly thought of this person. So I sent it home that night. Yeah. I said, listen to this. Um, so, uh, but as I said, I tossed up between Jerry and the and <laughs> yeah. Elvis, but I think Elvis just gives it uh, the rich soul that I felt about it on the day. Yeah, and it probably, I think if that rate, it would predate the Jerry and the Pacemakers one if it comes from one of the Elvis's early well, albums. It would, I don't it know would. who wrote it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's from, it's a Rodgers and Hammerstein. Oh. It comes from um, the musical um, Carousel. Mm, one of the early ones. So it it was um, known as a show tune, and um, and uh, then became famous because of uh, the Jerry and the Pacemakers, and also Elvis. So playing us out to the break here is. But I just add. Oh, okay. The yes. final line is. Yep. With hope in your heart, you'll never walk alone. Uh, and yeah. that, to me, was exactly what I wanted to convey to this person so close it, to us. Yeah. But to me, it was also what I really felt about <laughs> on, that whole Camino. On that clifftop? <laughs> and on that... It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. And why we want to do other Caminos. Yeah, yeah. So, with hope in your heart, um, I'm going to play that out to the, uh, to the break now. So, here's Elvis with You'll Never Walk Alone. <laughs> you never stood in that man's shoes or saw things through his eyes, or stood and watched with helpless hands while the heart inside you dies. So help your brother along the way, no matter where he starts. But the same God that made you, made him too. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark 
At the end of a storm Is a golden sky And the sweet silver song Of a lark Walk This has been my first episode for some time due to the COVID-19 global pandemic. In Sydney and Melbourne, lockdowns have been a big part of our lives and we've seen some confronting scenes in Europe and elsewhere. I wanted to know what impact this has had on the Camino de Santiago. In the second decade of this century, from 2011 to 2019, numbers grew steadily by about 20,000 per year. In 2011, there was 183,000 registered pilgrims and it reached 347,000 pilgrims in 2019. 
These figures are provided by the Opathena del Peregrino that calculate the number of Compostelas each issued each year. These figures represent about 70% of actual numbers since many pilgrims do not officially register their arrival in Santiago. In 2020, the first year of the pandemic, numbers were down 85% to just 54,000 pilgrims. This is a massive reduction and represents numbers that were last recorded in the 1980s. In 2021, the latest figures seem to represent that we are about 60% of pre-pandemic numbers at around about 200,000 pilgrims registering for a Compostela. Bear in mind too that 2021 was a holy year whereby the Feast of St James on the 25th of July falls on a Sunday. This usually means about 30% more pilgrims than in previous years. However, because of the pandemic, Pope Francis has declared an extension of the holy year into 2022. So what is the holy year? It's called Exacobeo, and it's a very special time to be in Santiago as, a holy, as the holy door or the Porta Santa is open to members of the public. Since the 12th century, pilgrims who visit the cathedral on, in the holy year are granted a plenary indulgence. In order to receive your plenary indulgence, once you arrive at the cathedral, you must do one of the three following things. Visit the tomb of the apostle in the cathedral, receive the sacrament of confession within 15 days, or receive communion. The feast day in Santiago de Compostela is recognized with a full-blown liturgical feast. The cathedral throws an impressive laser and fireworks show that most often tells the story of the cathedral, St. James, the Way, and highlights main events of that given year. Following this, there is a week-long festival with street parties, art and craft displays, events for children, cultural shows, music festivities, and much more. The extension of the Holy Year has only been done twice in the past nine centuries. We do indeed live in historical times. Welcome back to Coffee and Camino. I'm here today with Bernie and Margaret Cronin. We're in the Fitzroy Gardens today. Uh, with, uh, uh, and it's really a beautiful day here. There is a, um, the garden's made famous for Cook's Cottage, which is, um, I'm not quite sure uh, how it got the tradition because I don't know if Cook actually ever lived in those in that house over there, but um, it's, uh, it's certainly a place that uh, I think was inhabited by his parents in Yorkshire before he came out to us, uh, before he sailed to Australia those many years ago. But um, we're in, next to the um, uh, the conservatory and it's a beautiful day here and as part of the show, Bernie's brought some show and tell for us and it is the uh, ceramic tile of the motif of the scallop shell. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this ceramic tile? 
So um, traditionally, the, the pilgrims in the, of ancient days would, would walk um, to Santiago and continue on to the coast of Finisterra and pick up a scallop shell to bring back to their village in whatever country mm -hmm. to prove that they'd actually walked it. These days, um, it is effectively the signpost of the Camino. All the Caminos, it's the same in Portugal. So one can um, walk along and um, uh, the, the sure routes are that? pretty well marked. The Norte wasn't. There were a couple of times we did get slightly lost. Mm -hmm. But essentially one walks along looking for the shells and often they're, they're signposts, sometimes they're a tile mm -hmm. in, a, in a wall um, and you can go, now, there's some great guidebooks, the Really book, which you know yep. well about, yep. is great, and there's some great apps, so we use uh, Wise Pilgrim, Wise Pilgrim is, yes, is a good app. However, as much as possible, we left all these things in our bag because it is great fun just navigating by the mm. signs and looking for the signs. Yep. Now, we saw, we've seen these in Germany, ancient Oh, yeah. uh, churches. Um, if you look closely, sometimes you'll find above the, the wall, you've seen a, see a tile uh, of uh, the shell. Mm -hmm. So they they just link link people up. Yeah, so and certainly as you get closer to in Galicia, at least yeah. the, the final region uh, has really embraced the Camino. So you have those every mile, every yes, kilometre. Yes, that's right. Uh, with the with the, with the small. Um, uh, post there, uh, the the milestone, if you like, yeah. um, and the, the region of Galicia has really embraced the Camino. I'm not, I only know the one way in, but of yeah. course, if you've come up from the south, I assume it's very much the same it's thing. Right. And it is. Yes, it and uh, but as you get further away from Santiago, obviously the signs are become thinner and thinner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you get closer, it, yeah. you can't miss it because they're in the, all the pavings, yeah. uh, on the street signs, and everywhere. And yeah. that is that's the great on fun, the, rather than having your head in the ball. Or, or yeah, use the yeah. apps. The apps are great, but they're only a last resort. Yeah. But look, even on the Norte, coming out of a couple of the towns, mm. usually the, the signs are hard to find coming out of the towns. Remember, we're walking along and there's a guy driving past yelling out out of his car window yeah. in Spanish, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Drives down, does a U-turn, comes out, gets out of his car, yeah. trying to talk to us. We couldn't understand, but yeah. we understood he was telling us we're going the wrong way. Yeah, gets yeah. out of his car walks a couple of kilometres with yeah. us to see us on the right way. Would that ever happen in Australia? No, no. no. That's so, so, you know, it, you trust your instincts and you go by the basics. Yeah. So the next that's, thing I've got... That's beautiful. Um, everybody would have brought oh, along yes. the shell, but I brought two shells. Oh, OK. Um, one's a credit to you, Luke, because one is the, the shell that I've carried uh, across Spain and Portugal. Oh, on, yes. On three or four. With the Cross uh, of St James there. The Cross of St James. Yeah. And, and the other is, is the shell that I carried on the Aussie Camino. Um, with the little uh, Mary MacKillop uh, motif, uh, yes, um, was what I interpret. And uh, yes, uh, so just to say that here's two totally different <laughs> continents, uh, same sort of shell, um, and uh, one one can have the the, the same simple uh, experience. So um, yes, I know a bit. Of, I actually made that, uh, that that. Did you? Yeah, I do. I make them. Oh. Well, well, obviously. Fantastic. So, so I'm holding up here one of the ones from the Aussie Camino, and yeah. um, the I get these scallop shells from um, the from the fish markets in the Vic Queen Victoria markets. Yeah. Here. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have them with the the um, Mary McKillop. Now, now that is the motif. The original Ave Maria, if I could indulge uh -huh, for uh -huh. myself for a little for a moment there. So the turquoise there is the 
um, colour of, of the sisters of, of St. Joseph, yes. so that's their colour. And this, um, it's called the Ave Maria, it's an A and an M, right. was designed by Julian Tennyson Woods. And, <laughs> and, and if you, when you go to yes. um, Panola, you'll see one of the um, brown habits uh -huh. yes. uh, of, of the sisters, the very early ones. Now, that was in embroidered on the nun's, um, on the sister's chest. Quite big, yes. like 10 centimetres yes. high and about yes. 15 centimetres along the top. And it was embroidered in turquoise um, colour uh, yeah. on the chest of the, yeah. uh, the sister's very first habit. Yeah. So now um, they still use that that logo, but they have incorporated the cross with yes, the right. JJJ yes. on it, which is Joseph, Jesus, and um, yeah. I can't even remember that. But the, yeah. so I, I've, I've, I haven't borrowed the um, entire motive. I just got yeah. the one there. So that's that's why I chose that particular one. So yes, I can tell you a bit about that. <laughs> anyway, brilliant, brilliant because uh, the connection with. Um, between the European Caminos and the Australian one is very good. Because one has a great sense that, you know, we don't have the holy places no. that, that, you know, that make up the European Caminos, but the environment on that walk is just so spectacular. Mm. What I say is the holy place is our environment. Yes. Our Australian environment is second to none. Mm. And walking across that south coast is just mm. spectacular. That's right, yeah. So the next two next things like, I brought, he, I said, Danny's got a it's all about stuff hope. Here. Oh, we've got a we've got a credential. I've got a blank credential. Oh, right. Okay, so people would would come along with with their filled out credential. Well, this is yeah. a blank one because now I've seen. Ah, yes. Now so credential. Where did you get that one at from? At the Cathedral of Santiago. Okay. So when we walked and we got our stamps and got the the Compostela yep. and that, um, we bought um, two new passports Whoa. so that we. Uh, uh, to are still hopeful that we will continue to do it. Yes. And similarly, um, I bought the... Um, um, the guidebook? The guidebook to the Lequi. Ah, OK. It's called the um, Via Pudensis, Pudensis mm -hmm. which is... Uh, the Chemin. The uh, Chemin Pudensis, yes. So this is the next hope to be able to walk from Lequi, which is down southwest of Lyon, Okay, so that's that leads us to our next our next um, question. So what's next? We have the Le Puy from down to Saint Jean. Yes. So um, now this is all COVID permitting at the exactly. moment. So yeah. what 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 have you actually planned? I because I would also like to go away too, Bernie. Yeah. Um, so my 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 I suppose modus operandi is that I will plan until I can no longer plan to, to That's go. That's exactly what we uh, So who knows, you just keep going in this moment of times of uncertainty, you just keep doing what you're doing until you can't do it anymore, mm. um, until you know that you can't. So what have you actually planned to do? Right, so um, notwithstanding all those things, mm -hmm. um, where our plan is to first of all walk part of a section of the Via Francagena, so mm. it's being opened up now. The original um, pilgrimage took people all the way from Canterbury Cathedral in yes. the UK. They'd walk across the Channel, walk through France, Switzerland, around the Alps, um, down through Italy to Rome, and then eventually down to the foot of uh, Italy and they catch a ship across to um, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Mm. Right. But mm. Rome was one of the destinations for Dublin. Mm. Fell into disrepair, uh, but particularly on the Italian side, it's now being opened up. So, so with our friends, we walked to Portugal, 
um, we're, we're going to walk about 300k on the Via Francagena from Siena to Viterbo, um, okay. across the Tuscan and Umbrian hills. So that'll be just another gorgeous. Sounds terrific. Thing, right? yeah. Yeah. So then um, after that, Margaret was going home and I was heading across to Lopui to meet uh, the two mates that we walked Norte mm -hmm. and heading from there across the, um, uh, the Camino right across central France, across the central massif to Le Puy, and hopefully with a deviation up to Rock on the Door. So, um, you know, somewhere between 800 and 1,000 kilometres. Okay. Um, and then that'd be staying in the Gites, the, mm -hmm. the French equivalent of the Obergeis. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's, again, weather permitting. So you go through some high altitude, yes. uh, subject to snow. Um, so that one is, is one to be particularly, from what I've read, to be particularly concerned about weather. Yes. Um, but, yeah. but you're going in a... Re oh, so, no, this is after the Via Francigena. Well, Frank hopefully Chichana, September. So, September. September. Okay, well, okay. Yeah. After the summer. Again, yeah. we like the quiet time, so avoid the big crowds of... Yeah, of course. Um, mm. ...June, July, August. And, uh, and again, we just carry our packs and just mm -hmm. discover what we discover when we get there. Yeah, Which yeah. is the best way to do it. Yeah. And, of course... Um, Margaret, you've just got that very last one that you want to do, which is the, the Francaise yes, from St. John. I would ideally, <clears throat> excuse me, love to just put a pack on my back. Bernie takes more in his pack than I do and just, just as trust, there. trust yeah. and, and just walk. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to, to think that that's what I could do to make it a real pilgrimage. As I said after... Um, you know, I suppose, I don't know, we as mothers and carers of family, whatever, get to a stage in our life and we think, okay, let's just see where we go when you, your children, you're still looking yeah. after your children, of course, but, but it's a part in your life, you've retired from your career and you just mm. think, okay, yeah, I need to, yeah. just to feel, to feel that, and I, I suppose from, as, I, as I've told a lot of people, the 11 years that I looked after my parents, privilege to do so, um, there's a transition now, mm -hmm. and I need to I need to feel that 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 clarity of mind, mm -hmm. which I've only ever felt on a Camino, mm -hmm. that, that where you don't think about anything else. Mm -hmm. Of course, the people that you've left behind are there, are there, but there's this clarity, this this openness, this it's a clarity. That's a clarity mm -hmm. of mind, and that's a decluttering, perhaps. Yeah. It is. It is like mm -hmm. that. It is. And as Bernie said, all you're worrying about is you don't care what you wear, you don't care how many days you've been wearing it, you don't no makeup, no this, no, you carry a toothbrush and a tube of toothpaste mm. and a change of undies. Mm. <laughs> That's about it. Hopefully a few changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. But it's it's that um yeah, it, and so um, I think the longer the longer Caminos give you this, they do. The short ones are, are just great, um, but you know we we all go in search of mindfulness mm -hmm. and you know a That's spiritual awakening of some mm -hmm. form, and we're all capable of. We're all human beings, as you know, Luke. The saying that you know this is not about human beings having a spiritual experience. This mm -hmm. is about spiritual beings having a, a human, human experience. experience yeah. And it's so true. You don't really appreciate it until you've really done a lot of days, a lot of weeks, mm. the hard yards. And you know what? You equally value mindlessness, just you know what Mark's saying. Oh, <laughs> right. The first couple of weeks of decluttering, mm. just mindlessness, because 
we live busy lives, busy urban lives, you know, so mindlessness is quite a, <laughs> a desired yes. state in itself because yeah. indeed it's you need to go through that mindlessness before you get to full mm. mindfulness, which is simply about the present right now, who mm. I am, mm. who I'm with, mm. um, you know, and, th- and that is sort of that, that, that state that all religions, um, you know, through meditative practices strive to achieve and, mm. and, you, and the beauty of this long distance well, like I said before some people are disappointed they didn't get the bright light you know and the way I describe it is my experience was it's more that slow dawn you know when you start early and you're walking out and it's slowly getting lighter and lighter it's the the mist starting to disappear and it's just being in the present of that slow dawn Yeah. It's, a, it's almost an awakening yeah. and, and yeah. the challenge then is when you come back yeah. to keep that going. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. challenge. Yeah, yeah. And you have to find ways yeah. and it, it's there, it's, yeah. it's around us but do we all of a sudden get yeah. caught up? Oh, we, get, we, we get bogged down with the <laughs> here and, with the here and now and we've all got jobs to do. And we do. So that, that's why the Camino is such a wonderful experience because it really does take us away from our... Our, our, our lives and um, provide a, a, a great sense of comfort and also renewal and, and, healing. and healing. It's yeah. a healing. Yeah, it it's really a does. Real, that's yeah. the way I describe yeah, it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Wonderful. And um, so I, that, that sounds like you've got a, um, a, gr- a lot of really fantastic things. There is a bit of a, I can sense a Goldilocks moment where, whereby you've got the, the the time to go and you're still yeah. feeling physically good enough to, yes. <laughs> to, to do it because it, the demands are such that if if it was um, if you're in pain for the whole time it, it would be quite oh, difficult. Oh you see people yeah, who are really yeah. struggling so, and as one lady we met in Portugal mm, she couldn't end no, up doing it yeah, and it's yeah. but gave it a go yeah, yeah you know so and I right. think um, and as we get old we have health issues yes, you know we do. arthritis and goodness knows what yeah, but it's yeah. it's taking them it's grasping the moment and yeah. We're very fortunate. And another another walk we desperately want to do, or really want to do, is from Assisi to Rome. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. And would so, that be an extension of the Via Francigiana? No, it's a, no, it's a different it's... route. Okay. Uh, look, they're all connected in ancient days, yeah. but it is a different route. Uh, and it, I think it really came to bear after St. Francis's yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, And it's less known, but I picked up a map when we were there a few years ago. Yeah. And you can uh, again just navigate your way mm-hmm. through those delightful hilltop towns yeah. all the way down to Rome. Yes, yeah. I've been to Assisi a few times. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. it's just, there's so, something. Ca- the yeah. feeling there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the feeling there that we get on the Camino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it really is a uh, Assisi is a very ancient town, uh, 11th century sort of town. It's beautiful. It and is. So, and that part of Umbria will. It's not that far from. Um, from Rome, really. I suppose it's two hundred kilometres. Yeah, yeah, and you should be able to do that in, you know, uh, ten mm. days or something yeah, like that. Right. So, yeah. so that that would be beautiful. Yeah. So that's yeah. another one. Uh, just cross the fingers that we, uh, you know, we can. Yeah, well, we can. let's. Oh, yeah, we're that's right. Yeah, we're let's. Privileged <laughs> to be. Whilst we complain about our circumstances, we're privileged that we haven't had the absolute yeah. devastation yeah. that's occurred in other countries. Yeah. And we're privileged to think that we can get through this and then go and do these things and 
many don't. So um, yeah. Well, the borders are all open again now, and and so we're uh, really hoping that we can get out there um, mm-hmm. and safely, and and also come back um, to Australia, and 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 that we won't. Uh, but we'll have to sort of wait and see a little bit. So yes. we'll, we'll just we'll just sort of sit on, on that for a little while. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to wrap things up now. With uh, but it's been an absolute delight to talk to uh, Margaret and Bernie Cronin here in the Fitzroy Gardens um, as part of the Coffee in the Camino. So I thank you very much for talking thank about you. that. It's been a privilege. It's I'm been so fantastic. <laughs> it's it's been a really terrific um, time, and this has been my first. Uh, uh, episode my first chat for ages and ages wow. i think since um yeah it would be going back 18 months i think oh, okay. since i've done i just haven't you know that's how much locked away we have been here in melbourne over the last couple of years really not being able to get out and see anybody so um i've got another one tomorrow so i'm really looking forward to that as well so thank you very oh, much brilliant. margaret thank, thank you, you Luke. lovely to meet you thank you Luke. okay